This is the smell of the leftover tuna fish sandwich you left in your lunchbox over the weekend in a wimpy trash bag. Wimpy, wimpy, wimpy! Blech! And this is the smell of that same sandwich in a hefty, ultra-strong trash bag. Hefty, hefty, hefty! Ah, smell the difference? Hefty Ultra Strong has Arm & Hammer with continuous odor control, so no matter what's inside your trash. Hmm. You can stay one step ahead of Stinky. And for bigger jobs, try the superior strength of Hefty Large Black Bags. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts, so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus. You can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Subscribe to Inclusion Revolution Radio wherever you get your podcasts. Underdog Fantasy is the fastest growing fantasy app and easiest place to play fantasy sports. Just jump on underdogfantasy.com or download the app. Draft your team, and that's it. And if drafts aren't your thing, they also have a pick'em game where you can win 20 times your money in a single night. Use promo code RADIO, and Underdog will double your first deposit when you sign up with up to $100 in bonus cash. Deposit $100? Get $100 free. That's promo code RADIO. Terms and conditions apply. This is Stacking the Box with NFL insider Matt Berteram and Mark Carmen. NFL free agency, welcome in to Stacking the Box. We were just chatting before the show today that nobody calls Matt Verderam Matthew unless it's not a good thing, huh, Verderam? When's the last time you were called Matthew? A long time ago. Uh, probably in high school, I'm guessing. Nope, What'd you do? Called. Oh, I don't know. Probably, probably yelled at one of my parents or talked back or or just, I don't know, did something <laughs> dumb. Um, it's but, better than crashing the car and uh while trying to do something that you shouldn't be doing so you know that's that's true i i I haven't done that um 32 and a half years in perfect record in that regard but i um no i very very rarely was i ever called that even as a kid i have a my my godfather um my uncle he's from sicily and he they they don't have the h down there so every it was always match you match you uh it's beautiful you know so that was always that was always kind of cool that was unique but uh yeah no it was always like matt and then and then i got to college and everybody called me matty v and then i got out of college and it was back to matt and here i am all right i knew there was a reason we brought this up because now we got matty v on the table i think this is a very very key moment for stacking the box what should Verderam's second name be actually his third name because Verderam I think is one Matt yeah. is two so our third name should it be Maddie V Matthew like if you tweet at Verderam Matthew I really don't like your take that would probably be amazing I would really enjoy that that'd be pretty funny it would get my attention for sure um <laughs> yeah I, I and nobody ever called me Maddie V before or after college but anybody who was a friend of mine in college any of them will call me Matty V. I not I don't know one buddy of mine from college that would call me Matt. Matty V's a stud. That dude gets it done. Honestly, college was a good time. <laughs> I, mean, I, a- <laughs> I, I really peaked in college. No, I I don't know. I and I don't know why. Like there wasn't really. I, I don't remember. I certainly didn't call myself that. So I don't know where that started. 
but it just spread it, even even from like one group of friends to another like it always just everybody called me that i mean it's a little fraternity-esque and and, and i was not in a frat by the way but I, I think it's closer to like Tom Brady, Matty V. I don't know. It's like a, the Matty V is like, is Matty V going to be there? Oh, sweet. Matty V's hanging out. I don't know why that happened. <laughs> I really don't. I have no answers. Um, I, I, I have no recollection as to how that started. Um, but yeah, I didn't mind it. Like it could have been a hell of a lot worse. You know, Matty V works. Um, like I had a buddy of mine in college, a really good friend. He's still a good friend of mine. Um, and I, I won't say his last name. I, I probably didn't care, but um, he, he, Andrew. And if you called him Andy, there was like a fist fight waiting. At, he hated and so it was always Andrew. And then my roommate was also an Andrew, but everybody called him Andy. And it would have been really weird to call him Andrew. So it was funny, like it was complete opposite approaches to the same name. It's very bizarre when people have like a really visceral reaction to their name being called, not what their name is. I, one of my former radio partners, my guy, Connor McKnight, when I first met him, he's like, it's Connor and it's with an O and yes, I care. I'm like, okay. <laughs> okay. Got it, pal. I, I don't, I, I, I don't like Matthew. I never really have, but I don't like if somebody called me and I wouldn't be like deeply offended either. I just, it's like, okay. I mean, if I get an email and somebody uses Mark with a C, it bothers me. I probably don't say anything, but I'm like, it's with a K. I'm a K. I'm not a C. I'm the Mark with the K big M big K balance in your life. Mark with the K. Daniel. I also, I also think that I'm so used to my name being butchered. Like that's actually, I have all Verderam just gets oh, But I, 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 that's actually one way I've measured how I'm doing in this business is when I first started going on the radio, I got butchered like eight times out of 10, right? Oh, I mean, constantly. And like, I wasn't even asked, like, how is it pronounced? Nobody cared. Then it got to a point where people would ask me how it was pronounced. So I was like, oh, that's cool. Now I'm to the point that I'm very surprised if somebody mispronounces it. Like nobody asks me how to pronounce it. So that's actually like, I kind of use that as a barometer. Like actually the other day, somebody screwed it up. And it was the first time in months somebody had screwed it up. I was like, oh, all right, well. That's interesting. What station? Oh, God, I, I don't even remember. Um, but- Progressive presents Forced Metaphors. About bundling your home auto and other vehicles. In hockey, it's the goalie's job to protect the net. And in life, your net is your home and auto, but also your boat, motorcycle, RV, or ATV. And your goalie is the round-the-clock protection offered by Progressive Insurance. Well, and also the savings you get when you bundle. So in this metaphor, you have two goalies, which is okay because, you know, it's just a metaphor. Forced Metaphors, presented by Progressive. Bundle and protect today. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discount not available in all states or situations. Not a big one, but it was something like they were like, yeah, you know, Verta, it was like Verterame or something. Verterame so, I can live with considering like that is actually how it's supposed to be pronounced, Verterame. Um, is that right? Other than that, just, any other than that just flat out annoys me. So Verterame has been the Americanized version of your last name? Yes. yes. The Italian version, the actual version, like off the boat, would have been like Matthew Verderame. But I mean, I'm I'm American, so uh, Verderam was the the way it went. I, I think that that's another contender in the list here, Verderame. If you think that should work, well, we can hit that on the Twitter with just you know however you want to phonetically spell that one out. Uh, we should get into the meat let's of get, the pod. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I really, I, I, I. I, I 
I loved everything that just happened. And by the way, in, in my midlife, my first midlife crisis at 30, can't wait for my next one, probably right around the corner. I did uh, make a stop in Sicily, Verderam. You should, you should, uh, you should get there if you haven't, have you been there? I haven't, you know, um, I would absolutely love to go there. We, uh, my, my wife and I were going to go to Italy for our honeymoon. Um, and then, uh, you know, she got pregnant and stuff. And so we didn't go, but, uh, we were, we were gonna, we were going to go to like Rome and Venice and Florence and all that, but that's definitely something in the next five years, we would like to take a couple of weeks and go to Italy. And, and uh, my, my family actually on my mother's side, they own a hotel right on the water. Oh my God. Um, so I'd like to like to stay there. Yeah. 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 I, I went in winter, so I wanted to go South. So we ended up in Sicily. I can't say it was like, I really am dying to go to Sicily, I'm like, but I'm going South. I'm like, okay, Sicily. And then when I got down there, I'm like, these are some Italians. I mean, it was, you were not hearing a lot of English. The markets were incredible. I was staying at a hostel, by the way, for $10 a night. It was, it was sweet. I highly recommend it back into uh, the meat of this podcast we go and we're starting in new england man the patriots are going crazy uh bill belichick apparently does not like losing which is not news but uh matthew judon and kendrick Bourne and nelson aguilar and johnny smith uh trent brown back in the pace at uh, cam newton hanging around no messing around here in new england here verderam so yeah no no question they spent about a quarter of a billion dollars here in free agency so far um they finished seven and nine last year. And after all these moves, if you're like, what do you think the record's going to be this year? I'd be like, on oh, eight and eight. <laughs> like, I, I mean, maybe, I, and I feel like I'm in the minority because I feel like every media member on earth is almost compelled to bloviate about how great Belichick is and nothing he ever does is wrong. And if they do something wrong, it just gets swept under the rug. And if he's right one out of 12 times with a personnel decision, he's a master. Look, Bill Belichick is a great, great, arguably the best ever head coach. He is not a good personnel evaluator. Has not been for years. The reason they're spending all this money is because they've drafted abominably for the last five years. And frankly, like I'm looking at all these deals. The Judon one is okay. I think they may be overpaid a touch, but you're going to infringe it. That's okay. I, I, I like Judon. Um, and I, I like John U. Smith and Hunter Henry as players. But to pay them the third highest amount for tight ends or both getting $12.5 behind Kittle and Kelsey is just insane. Like, neither one of them has ever had a 700-yard season. John U. Smith has never had 450 yards in a season. I, I, I don't get it. And I keep seeing these people, these same media members who just cannot stop talking about how great New England is. Like, well, now they've got their Gronk and Hernandez. No, they don't. No, they don't. Neither one of those guys is half of Rob Gronkowski. And frankly, look, taking the hideousness of Aaron Hernandez's personal life aside, Aaron Hernandez was a great player. Johnny Smith and Hunter Henry are not Aaron Hernandez, the football player. Like, come on now. Are we kidding with this? Now that now they these two guys are going to become Gronk and Hernandez, like I look at the Pats and think to myself, they just spent a quarter of a billion dollars, and I don't even know if they're a playoff team. Guys, thank you for listening. But this is an important message. Support for Stacking the Box is now being brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below the waist grooming company. Manscaped offers precision engineered tools for your family jewels. 
They obsess over their technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide. And we have an exclusive offer for my listeners, 20% off and free shipping with the code FANSIDED20. That is 20% off and free shipping. You cannot beat it. So go over to manscaped.com, check out all their latest stuff, including the Lawnmower 3.0, what's the perfect package. Check it out. It's a can't miss. Manscaped, something if you're a man, you need to be aware of. Again, go to manscaped.com, and for the code, it's fansided20. You know what I found interesting was I'm like looking at all this, the signings for New England. This is a little bit off the beaten path here, Verderam, but it just shows that literally no matter where you come from, as far as the NFL is concerned, you can be successful. Janu Smith, you know where he went to college? Florida International. Yep, have fun Ken- you. Kendrick Bourne, Eastern Michigan, played with Cooper Cup for the record. Matt Judon, you know where he went? Grand Valley State. Huge. I mean, Trent Brown, Georgia Military College. Uh, so, I mean, we've got um, Nelson Aguilar at USC and, 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 and Hunter Henry went to Arkansas. Not exactly a powerhouse in football as of late for the record. Sure. But, for the, but it just shows you, like, the, you're, what you're talking about Belichick and the evaluation. They, people get missed in, foot, in football, even in the NFL, college, whatever, more than any other sport by far. It is an inexact science. I just, yeah, sure. Absolutely. But you know, I think people misconstrue spending a fortune for winning free agency. And that is not winning free agency. Like I wrote about this in my column in stack in the box column on Monday as a lead into free agency last year, 19 players signed for at least $30 million total contract value and 19 for at least $30 million who signed for a new team, not staying with their old team. Of those 19 guys, Jack Conklin was the only one to be an All-Pro, and James Bradbury was the only one to be a Pro Bowl. That is it. Kyle Van Noy's already cut. I mean, you you guys, your Bears signed one of them, uh, Robert Quinn, for $70 million. Horrendous. Uh, yeah, I'm, I was going to say, I guess that, that's probably not working out. Look, <laughs> I have a philosophy in free agency. You better, you're better off shopping at Tiffany's than Walmart, Okay. Like, if you're going to spend big-time money, get the best. Don't get the guy who's pretty good. Like, this is what I'm talking about, Johnny Smith and Hunter Henry. They're fine. Neither one of them has ever sniffed a Pro Bowl, and they're getting $12.5 million a year. They're both fine, but they're guys. Henry's hurt all the time, and Johnny Smith was fine in Tennessee. Jalen Mills, who they signed for four years and $24 million, was atrocious as a corner in Philadelphia. They moved him to safety, but the, the, the Pats have a million safeties, so he's probably going to play the corner. And I, I just – I don't understand – I guess even Judon. Like, I don't mind the Judon deal. The guy's never had 10 sacks in a season. Now, at least he's a two-time Pro Bowler. Fine, fair enough. He's a good player. can play the run. I don't mind the Judon signing. But, like, Nelson Aguilar, 2-26? and 26? Nelson, you're paying the guy $13 million a year. He was awful in Philadelphia. He did bounce back last year, primarily because of the deep ball with the Raiders. Well, guess who can't throw a deep ball at this point in his career? Cam Newton. Kendrick Bourne, 3 and 22 million. Could, could most people in the NFL pick Kendrick Bourne out of a lineup? 
Like, I, I just think it's a very bizarre. You don't go shopping for quantity in free agency. You shop for quad. I will never get on a team, even if I think they overpaid slightly, for going out and getting an elite player, a constant, you know, an all pro, pro bowl type player, a guy who is the best of the best in his position. The, the, the Patriots, with the possible exception of Van Hayek of it outside of Judon, did none of that and spent $250 million. You, when you paint yourself into a corner, baby, it's expensive to get out and you got to pay the going rate and you, ne- you don't necessarily even know what the rate is. Uh, look, what do you think Galladay is going to get if you're picking at the wide receivers? So the receivers are really interesting because there's a ton of them. There's also a great draft class of receivers. And you sit here and look at it. Very few guys got taken off the board yesterday. We did talk about Bourne and Aguilar, right? Corey Davis went to the Jets, which I actually thought was a decent signing. I, I, not, not bad. $12 million. He almost had 1,000 yards. Okay, I, I'm not in love with it, but I get it, if, especially if you're the Jets. You need somebody to throw the ball to. Um, but I think Galladay, look, if Davis gets 12 and Aguilar gets 13, Galladay, how do you make a radio ad for an 8K TV that conveys the feeling of 33 million pixels with over a billion shades of color hitting your eyeballs? This is the best we can do. Samsung Neo QLED 8K. Unreasonably good. He's got to be looking for 16 to $18 million a year. Now, I, but I don't know that I would pay him that. Like, here's another example. Kenny Galladay is a very good player, but is he a, is he a legitimate on a good team? On a good team. Is he a legitimate number one receiver? Maybe, in my opinion. I, I don't hate it. Like if a team goes out and gives them $16 million a year, I don't hate it. But would I rather give him $16 million a year or just take a receiver in the first round? I, Depending where I pick, I might take the receiver in the first round. I think a lot of teams feel that way, which is why the market's been so stagnant. Like, would you rather pay $16 million for Galladay or pay $12 million for Curtis Samuel or pay $9 million for T.Y. Hilton? Like, if you're a contender, I'd rather have Hilton for half the price, honestly. Hope you get one good year out of him and you, you move on. I, I I think that's the problem right now for receivers is the value for the player is not there. For the teams, they're just waiting for the value to come down. If I'm Allen Robinson, by the way, I'm just sitting there like, this is some serious BS. Uh, yeah, big time. I mean, I am, I am, I am deserving of some, some real cash. I, I, to answer your question, though, I would probably pay Galladay. I, it, getting back to, like, your original point. Okay. like. Okay. You, you give me, give me, give me the best guy and I'm willing to invest a little bit more and, and, and get creative on how I'm making it work. What do you think in your mind, best move so far, Verderam sitting there like that was a brilliant maneuver. I love it. All of the offensive line signings yesterday. I liked all of them. Well, we'll get them in a second. Zeitler goes to the Ravens in the morning. Um, Signs their three-year deal. I think that's a really good signing. They struggled last year inside without Yonda. Zeitler's not Yonda because Yonda's probably a Hall of Famer, but but he's he's a good player. He solidifies them inside, and, and the way they play, they run more than anybody. They need to be able to do that. Zeitler helps out. I thought the Chargers were big winners yesterday. You know, get Matt Filer, three years, $21 million. That's a good signing. He's a quality guard. He's not an all-pro. He's probably not even going to be a pro bowler, but he's a good player at a good price. And then – they get Corey Lindsley. Again, shopping at Tiffany's. Five years and 62 and a half. Fine. He's an all pro. I don't care. 
Again, you have Justin Herbert back there. You have to be able to protect him. They could not last year. They bring in a stud center. I really like that. Then you go to Kansas City. Joe Thune, record payment for a guard. Five years and 80. Do I think they overpaid him? Yeah, I do. Slightly. I, I thought he'd get $14 million a year. Um, $16 million a year. A little rich. But you factor in, listen, they got to protect Mahomes. They watched that Super Bowl just like we did. Joe Thune is an elite guard. He has been, he's a former All-Pro. He's never missed a start in five years in New England. He's won a couple Super Bowls. He's been a big part of that. Like Again, I'll repeat it again, shopping at Tiffany's. Like, he was the best interior lineman on the market. And by the way, his first year cap hit's only $4.5 million. Do not rule out the Chiefs also signing Trent Williams, which I know sounds crazy, do not rule it out. I'm not saying they're necessarily the favorite, but it's it's not impossible either. And, you know, when you're looking at why the Chiefs lost, what they did as far as moving on from older, banged-up offensive linemen to the way they're addressing their needs, and, uh, I mean, that's why I mentioned Thune at the starter because it's, I think that's just a huge impact signing right now because there was a huge need in Kansas City, and – if they do out, go out and get Trent Williams, by the way, 33 years old. Um, but, you know, we're talking about a guy who's going to end up, if he doesn't end up in the Hall of Fame, it's uh, he'll be one of the people that were just knocking on the I mean, door that didn't get in. He's been a pro bowler each of the last eight years. So he's missed one year because he was, he was hurt. He, he's been, I mean, right. the last eight years he's played as a pro bowl. Like Trent Williams right now, you can make an argument, it's the best left tackle in football. Right, and – it's an all-in move at that age. Uh, you know, when is – you can't – I mean, if, though, that, that particular position, you're, if you're not – If you are Kansas City, you're willing to pay him a fortune because you look at it like this. If we sign him, Thune's a left guard. We have the best left side in the NFL. Nobody is touching Mahomes from the blind side. Nobody. We draft a center early, okay? There's a ton of guys you could draft in this in this class. You have Duvernay Tardif coming back from the COVID-19 reserve list. Okay, he comes back at right guard. He's not a great player, but he, he's certainly solid. He's fine there. And then Lucas Niang, rookie right tackle, who's a guy who they loved last year before he opted out. He's a kid. He's, he's a monster of a, of a young man. He played 44 games at TCU, no sacks, no penalties. Like he can play. So, And, you know, you bring back a Mike Remmers as a swing tackle because if Niang gets hurt, doesn't play well. Remmers was fine at right tackle. People kill him because of the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl is when he went to left tackle. He was completely out of position. He got exposed for it. Um, But if you're the Chiefs, like, you feel – if you get Trent Williams, that problem is solved. Like that, that, that's the end of that problem. Now you may have other issues. Okay. You're, you're losing Sammy Watkins, maybe Demarcus Robinson. You're, you might lose Rashad Breeland. You still have to address some of those things. Um, but your biggest need is protecting Mahomes and Thune's a huge step toward that on his own. You add Trent Williams, you have taken a blowtorch to that problem. It is time for us to get rich. Hang tight. We'll be right with you. It's stacking the box. Who do you like that's out there right now as we move on here, as we as Kansas City's feeling the love right now? Who do you think is sitting out there right now? They're like, if I had that need, I would absolutely be of, of singular mind and focus. So there's still a lot of guys out there. 
there's still a lot of guys. I mean, we saw a ton of big names fly off the board, but you know, I look at it and say, you know, you you look and and there's a ton of receivers, right? I mean, there's a ton of receivers. We, we already talked about that. Um, if you need a running back, I think Chris Carson's a guy who who could really provide value. He had a couple of great years in Seattle. He's a young guy. Carson makes a lot of sense. Um, we talked about Trent Williams already. I, but there are some other tackles. Like Alejandro Villanueva is not a great player, but he's a good player at this point. Like I think I think if you need a tackle, like it, okay, it's been rumored with Williams, the Niners, the Bears, the Chiefs. Whoever doesn't get him, Villanueva would be fine. Riley Reef is a is a good tackle coming over from Minnesota. He's been one of the better players on that line. That line struggled for years. He's not been one of the bigger issues. Um, there's still some edge rushers. You know, I know Clowney's out there. I'm not a big Clowney guy, but he's out there at corner. Patrick Peterson's out there. Um, you know, the, William Jackson's a guy who I love. I think William Jackson's a really good player. Corner from the Bengals. I think he's big time. So there's still a lot of guys. There's still a lot of guys. Those are just a few that I, I, I think are better than most. Do we think Mitchell Schwartz for uh, old school stacking the box podcast? Lizard, do you think he's retiring? I, I don't know that he knows. My understanding of that is that is still in flux. He had back surgery. Look, if Mitchell Schwartz doesn't retire and he's healthy, he's a premier right tackle. Premier. I just don't know that he's healthy. And I, I mean, he's coming off the back surgery, right? So I, I don't know. Um, but he's interesting. He's in, oh, you can get him for cheap. But I, I don't know. Like, I don't know that he would play for a cheap one year deal. I feel like at that point, he would just say, you know what? I'm, I'm good. I'm good. It's such a tough call because, yes, there's the rest of your life and there's the I really love to play football, even though you're not paying me what I think I'm worth at this point, but I want to keep my career going and maybe you have a great year and maybe you get the money. But I don't think – and the end of the day, you didn't start playing the game because you love the dough. So I, if he can – I'm guessing if he can still do it, he'll probably take whatever is out there and keep rolling. But uh, I'm not Mitchell Schwartz or anybody in the NFL who deals with the constant uh, – body banging that you have to do every single week to play the game that you love day one signing biggest impact for and best move. What do you got? I mean, I, I said it again I, earlier, but I'll just kind of go over it. Look, I, I think it's the offensive lineman. I really do. Like they're not the sexy guys. They're not the, the sexy signings that everybody goes nuts over. I thought the Chargers had a big day. I thought the Chiefs had a big day. I thought the Ravens – now, the Ravens lost Judon and Ngakwe, so that hurts. But I, I thought the Chargers had the best of anybody. Resigned Michael Davis, good young corner. They get two offensive linemen in there. They still got more work to do. They were 7-9 last year. They got they got work to do. But I think they're off to a really nice start. Uh, outside of that, I'll give you another one. Johnny Johnson – John Johnson, excuse me. Uh, John Johnson, uh, the safety coming over from the Rams to the Browns. Good signing. They get Grant Delpit back off the torn ACL, who was going to be a rookie last year at uh, LSU. I think I think those teams did well for themselves. Yep. Uh, who? I, we. Give me the up the opposite when you're sitting there in your Verderam seat. The worst maneuver. Give me a give me a Rayshon Jenkins in a four year thirty five million dollar deal. Give, I, I don't know exactly which way you want to give me a Carlos Hyde still kicking around. Give me uh... I, I, I'll give you like the Panthers. Like what the hell was that? Like there's a young team and they went out and got Cam Irving. 
Look, Cam Irving won in the Super Bowl at the Chiefs. He was a swing tackle. He can kick inside. Like, he's a valuable backup. Why are you paying him the first day of free agency? Like, what? Is it the bizarre? And then Pat Elfline, who hasn't been good in a decade. Like, they brought in Pat Elfline and paid him starter money. I, I don't understand. It was like, and they did it like within the first 10 minutes of free agency. It was like they couldn't wait to announce those two signings. It's very weird. Um, not a big fan of those moves. Yeah. Tip of the cap, by the way, to the Cleveland Browns. I thought they got good value in the safety in John Johnson. Um, lot didn't overpay, good player, solid depth, adds to uh the Browns defensive abilities as uh, we'll see what Cleveland obviously turns into going forward or Baker Mayfield, by the way, another shout out. I, I, th- I thought his, uh, his love for Drew Brees on the official retirement was, I was touched by, uh, do you see that tweet? No, he, he's just, he gave a shout out saying, and that, uh, how Drew, you know, inspired him and it just, it was. It, it felt like a little bit of a window into uh, the old NFL locker rooms of of what uh, who's inspired who. I don't know. Maybe I'm just a complete loser, but I I, I liked it. Uh, did Did you? Let's see here. So, re- wide receiver wise, who do you think comes off the board next, Verderam? Who's your, what's your guess that way? The next one. God, I don't know. I, <laughs> um, I guess Galladay because. I feel like once he signs, then everybody else kind of just falls in line behind it. Um, but it's, it's, I mean, look, you could, you could talk me into a lot of different guys signing right now. I mean, there's so many receivers out there, but I get, listen, if Galladay gets, let's just say he gets a four year deal. Could he get four and 60? Yeah, could, could get more, could get four and 65. I, you know, I, I think he probably comes off the board next in terms of the, the name receivers. And then you start getting into the, the fog because I think a lot of these guys are going to wait. Like T.Y. Hilton might be waiting a while. A.J. Green, I think, is going to be waiting a while. Sammy Watkins, waiting a while. These are all guys with big names, veteran players. But, like, why are you in a rush to sign any of them? You know, like Curtis Samuel's a guy I'm really looking at. You know, Josh Reynolds of the Rams is interesting. Will Fuller. Like, wh- how do you evaluate Will Fuller? Will Fuller is an electrifying player who misses 10 games a year. Like, how do you like what you you know there's going to be some team that's like here's two and thirty and he plays like eight games. Yeah, you, you also you have to sit there and be like, am I good with this guy somehow, some way taking whatever he takes and getting away with it again? Because Lord knows he can't be as successful as he's been without doing something illegal. But maybe he's got the a very good uh, whatever you would call master that'll allow him to play. Am I okay with it? I guess I'm guessing NFL people are. Um, I'm just looking at the rundown here because so, we're jumping all over the place. But uh, did you – biggest value, have we hit that? Because I, I, I think you, we've named some. We, but but we do you want to underline anything? Yeah, I mean, look, I, I think there are a couple of pass rushers I thought it was good value. The Lions brought back Romeo Aquera, three years, $36 million. I know a lot of people probably are like, who? Romeo Aquera is a pretty good player. Nice pass rusher, had 10 sacks last year, uh, had, had – Seven and a half, fewer, fewer, excuse me, a few years before that. Young guy coming off his, uh, I believe he's coming off his rookie deal. I really did a nice job. And initially was with the Giants. I mean, he's only, only going to be 26 this season. And he had 10 sacks last year and two years prior to that, seven and a half. So an up-and-coming player. I, I like the move for him. And then 
I'll give you an upside move that I, I don't mind. Two years, $26 million, Yannick Ngakwe. And here's a guy who a couple of years ago with Jacksonville, he, he got tagged. He was ticked off about it. Had he have signed his deal, probably could have gotten close to $100 million. Okay? Yeah. And – you know, he, here he was, his second year in the league, and he's, he's a pup. He got drafted when he's barely 21 years old, came in, and his sack numbers, 8, 12, 9 and a half, 8, 8. Now, he doesn't play the run worth a damn. He doesn't even try to play the run, really. But he's a pass rusher. And coming off those years with Jacksonville there, 8, 12, 9 and a half, he was going to get paid, didn't want to take the deal, didn't want to take the deal. Jamie's log. Progressive. The Harrington's backyard. Day 27. 3.33 a.m. 3.33. All those threes mean something. Or I may be losing it. Been camped in the Harrington's backyard for 27 days now, proving that Progressive has 24-7 protection. They told me every day they understand what 24-7 protection means. Think I'm finally getting through to them. 3.33. Progressive doesn't just offer a great price when you bundle home and auto. We offer round-the-clock protection. Just not literally from Jamie. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers and subject to policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. And I, I don't necessarily blame him. He bet on himself, but it didn't work out. He has been very durable throughout his career. He has only missed uh, two two games, three games. Uh, no, two games. Two games his whole career. 45 and a half career sacks. He's 26 years old coming into this year. Signed with the Raiders. The Raiders need pass rush because they, they, they brought in Gus Bradley as their defensive coordinator. Gus Bradley comes over from the Chargers. No team blitz less than the Chargers last year. He plays a cover three, which means in that scheme, you better have guys who without blitzing can get a pass rush. Now they have him and Crosby. Okay, it, it's not Von Miller and DeMarcus Ware, but it, it's at least respectable. It's harder to double Crosby and do other things. So I like that signing. If they had paid a fortune, I wouldn't have liked it. Like, I'll give you an example. Now, I got to see the structure of this. I was big on Bud Dupree coming into free agency. I think he's a very, very good player. Titans paid him five years and $82.5 million. Now, again, that could be a lot of funny money, so take it for what it's worth because the structure's not out yet. But if, that, if that's anywhere like real money, I like Bud Dupree a lot. That is an absurd amount of money for a guy who has been good for a year and a half and is coming off a torn ACL. That's why NFL deals suck, by the way, because it's it, you, you never really understand exactly what's going on. Yeah, it's all you got about th- the guarantee. Right. Well, in that case, you got 35. Uh, so it's probably know, really like a two- or three-year deal. Okay. And so as we move along here, best moves. Like the, I, I think the Packers are very interesting. You chose Aaron Jones, who you did not franchise tag. It seems like they almost changed midstream what they were going to do, and you let Corey Lindsay – uh, Lindsley leave for the Chargers. Can I get Aaron Rodgers on a polygraph? Uh, get, get a little truth serum here. Who would you have rather had between those two? Oh, you'd rather I, have Corey Lindsley, right? Yeah, so it, it's it's very similar, though. I mean, I, I don't know, uh, I agree, and I, I think it's a good point. I've, I've thought about that. I don't, Aaron Jones is a good player, but in this day and age, you couldn't have run out A.J. Dillon and Jamal Williams and have, like, a reasonable comp for Aaron Jones. I agree. I never like when teams pay running backs, ever. And I, and I feel bad for running backs because it's not fair. He's been productive. He certainly deserves to get paid. But in the way the, way the game is played today, 
Now, you could argue, well, Aaron Jones, look, they like to run the ball a lot, even though they have Rodgers, and I'd argue that's great. And then they should have signed their center, who's an all-pro, because the strength of that team last year was that line. Now you've got Lindsley's gone. Bakhtiari tore his ACL in December. Is he back at the beginning of the year? Maybe, maybe not. He's also, by the way, uh, the best left tackle in football, along with a guy like Trent Williams. When he's healthy, he's a monster. Is he healthy? I don't know. Now they've got Elgin Jenkins inside, who's a great player. But, you know, that that line now has a lot more questions than it did on, I don't know, Thanksgiving. Before we get to in or out, let's just wrap up our end of the future with uh, how to make your best guess on how it ends with Trent Williams. Uh, look, I, I will say it is a guess. Um, I'm hearing it. I feel it. He's already said we with Trent Williams, so I'm guessing you're going to say Kansas City. I think it. I think it comes down to the Niners and the Chiefs. Um, it's nothing. It's a bear. The Bears just don't have any cap space. Like I don't know how the Bears are going to do that. So they're doing some restructuring, and but if they do do it, it's going to cost them. A, I mean, are you are you willing to let go of Kyle Fuller? You're going to have to do something significant. Yeah, like that's why I don't know. Like the Niners and Chiefs could just do it, and if the Niners are healthy. There's certainly a playoff team. I'm not a Jimmy G guy, but they would at least be in contention for the division, whatever. You go to Kansas City, you're a Super Bowl team. Like, you know this, year in and year out, they're going to compete for that. My gut tells me that the Niners are the most likely team, that they'll just figure it out. But knowing the way Brett Veach operates – would I be shocked if the Chiefs were just like, here's four and 95? No. I, I, I Here's what I'm certain about. Here's how it, it'll end. Many years, you know, three to four years, upwards of 20 million a year. 22, 23 million a year. It's a lot of money. But it, like the other part of this, too, I will say, if you want to take the Kansas City angle of it, who wants him the most? Like Kansas City has the most motivation to sign him. Yep. Moms. And, and I think also maybe the most risk tolerance to take him into year 35, 36 and yep. just hope and just hope that it works out. Let's move to in or out Verderame. Let's look at Buffalo. Not a whole lot of action there for the bills. Should they have done more in or out on the uh, sort of sitting on the sidelines, Buffalo bills. I'm I'm in on the fact they should have done more, you know, if you're not getting better, you're getting worse. I know it's a stupid cliche, but it is true. And I do like that the Bills kept Darrell Williams and, and, and were able to keep Mitch Morris by restructuring and um, and doing those types of things. They, you know, they, they kept Matt Milano, which was huge. I was told by a source he was going to get top of the market money, ends up signing their $11 million a year. I think that's a, that's a, a great deal for the Bills. I think he could have gotten maybe even $13 million a year. Um, but – you made the playoffs. You won two games. You went the AFC title game. Okay, you lost to Kansas City. Fine, right? It was a great year. And if you look at it in that regard, you say, well, why would they do anything? Just run it back, and they'll be better next year. The problem is guys get older. Beasley's no spring chicken. Diggs led the league in receiving yards. He's not going to get older or anything, but is he going to lead the league in receiving yards again? Is Allen going to have another year 
back to back like that. Like, I'm not saying I'll never have a year like that, but back to back, like Mahomes just never had back to back years like that. It is very, very hard to be that great that, you know, twice in a row, whether you're talking about Diggs or Allen. I look at guys on that team last year who really, other than Cody Ford, they were perfectly healthy all year long. Nobody got hurt. That is rare in the NFL. Usually the following year, you get hurt. So if I'm Brandon Bean, I'm thinking to myself, I got to fortify the hell out of this team's roster by, by adding some depth, by, by adding a starter or two defensively, by getting a pass rusher. They didn't do any of those things. And so, I, look, I, I still think the Bills are really good. I still think they're the overwhelming favorite in the AFC East. I, still, I believe they're the second-best team in the AFC. But I think they could have made the Chiefs sweat a little bit more had they made some more moves. I highly doubt that they're looking at it this way, but do they get better? Because right now you can argue the Ravens have gotten worse. Um, you know, that, that's I'm, I'm stretching here and I'm going wide across the AFC, but I think you can. And also, like, are they sitting back waiting for a wide receiver to add? Possible. That, that's possible. That's possible. And, and look, we're always judging these things as we're going. But yes, that's totally possible. My. And you're right. I would argue the Ravens, and I like the Zeitler signing a lot, but they lost their two edge rushers. So, yeah, yeah, they've gotten worse. And the Ravens are long in the tooth defensively. Jimmy Smith is a 1,000 years old. So is Calais Campbell. Okay. No, that, that's fair. Um, the problem is if you're the Bills, in my opinion, you're not chasing Baltimore. You're chasing Kansas City. And has Kansas City gotten worse since the end of last year? I mean, they basically played without Mitchell Schwartz all last season. So I, I don't really – Look at that as a huge loss, considering he wasn't really there. The Chiefs get Duvernay Tardif back. They get Damian Williams back. They get Lucas Niang back. They add Joe Thune. The Chiefs are at least not – I know they lost Eric Fisher and, and Sammy Watkins, although, again, Watkins is another guy who played about half the year. But if you're the Chiefs, like, are you worse than you were a year ago? You're probably at least about the same, right? Like, maybe you're stronger in some spots, worse. Other, but I think for the Chiefs, like, you feel pretty good – and I, I just think of the Bills, like, I, I guess I'm looking at it as the Bills, in my eyes, if they had added a pass rusher, if they had added another piece, like, they had an opportunity to really close the gap. And I don't think they closed the gap. Maybe it didn't get bigger, but I don't think it got smaller either. Uh, it's an excellent point. Like, you're, you're not chasing Baltimore. I mean, but it's also like, I, I, it's, 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 it's interesting the way I said it, because I didn't even like look at it like they're chasing Kansas city. Cause in my mind, they can't catch it, which is completely ridiculous. Cause that's of course what they're doing. So uh, in, in that regard, yeah, you got some troubles there in Buffalo. You're, you're, you're not, you have not closed the gap that, and I, I think the chiefs actually are getting better and perhaps with more to come as we've discussed at length with Trent Williams here. I think this one's a really interesting one that you're throwing out there with the Seahawks. Should they trade for Sam Darnold in or out? Interesting times in Seattle because I guarantee you the Chicago Bears are getting ready to overpay as much as whatever Seattle is willing to do if they're willing to do it on Russell Wilson. I'd trade for him. Even if he's a backup, I'd trade for him. I would, I would absolutely trade because he's 24 years old. And, and you know what? If Russell Wilson keeps giving you nonsense, I'd be like, you know what, Russ? Like, we could start him. Now, let's also keep this real. Sam Darnold is not Russell Wilson, okay? He is not even close to Russell Wilson. But if you're Seattle, he's at least a viable starting quarterback, and you can kind of say, hey, Russ, you really want to get traded? Because if you really want out, like, now we're putting your feet to the fire a little bit here. 
You know, I mean, that's, I, I don't, I don't think there's a downside in acquiring Darnold, even again, if he's just a backup, that's fine. We've seen teams do stuff like this before. Okay. Guys like Teddy Bridgewater been traded been a backup, come in spot, start, whatever. So, um, I would, I would like the move. I mean, I don't think you're giving a first up for Darnold. You're probably giving up a second. And, all right, that's not nothing. But if you lose him in free agency next year, if that's the way it goes and you get a comp pick, it's a third. I mean, you're, you're basically moving back around to get Sam Darnold. I don't, I don't hate that, and I, I would welcome it if I were the Seahawks. I only like the trade if you're actually looking. You're, you think that you're seeing something in him and – you're moving, you're going to get a rant King's ransom for, for Wilson, like to trade for him and not really know. And then he's a backup and you're given a second round pick when you have Russell Wilson and you should be doing everything you can to add on. So you can win a super bowl. I wouldn't like it, but if you're punting, like to me, Donald's the most interesting guy out there right now. Cause he, pl- he was in an, absolutely brutal situation and somebody out there's got to feel like they can unlock the talent that is Sam Darnold. Let's go to, uh, so at the end of the day, by the way, I am out on that. You make it work with Russ and and get together. Uh, So, but, but it is interesting if they do pond Kenny Galladay, true number one wide receiver Vertram in or out. We talked about this. I'll just be really brief. I I'm in if he's on a bad team or an average team, I don't think so to me, like if you're number one, you've got to be probably, you got to be a top 32 receiver in the league by definition. So do I think he's somewhere between 15 and 20 in the league? Yeah, probably. But do I think he's a top 10 receiver in the league, which to me is you're a number one on a really good team. No, he's not. I mean, I, I don't think anybody would take him over DK Metcalf. Stephon Diggs, Tyreek Hill, Devontae Adams, Keenan Allen. I, I would take Keenan Allen in a heartbeat over Kenny Galladay. Um, I mean, you keep going down the line. I mean, God, there's got to be a million guys I'm forgetting off the top of my head right now. But there are so many guys who I would look at and say, yeah, I'd, ra- I'd rather have him. I mean, I'd, and that's not to say that he's not uh, – Justin Jefferson's another guy I would take. Allen Robinson, Chris Godwin, Mike Evans – I mean, you just keep on going. Like to me, Kenny Galladay is a good player. He's a really good player. But is he a top 10 to 12? He's not Odell Beckham. Like, is he a top 10 to 12 guy in the league? AJ Brown, another one? No, he's not. He's not. He's like 15 to 20. So is he a number one? Yeah, by definition, yeah, on some team he is. Is he a number one, a really good team? No, which is why I think he's still sitting on the market. You're parsing this one around. He's not, but he's the number one. He's the best guy out there right now. I mean, but if 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 you threw out everyone in the league is, uh, on, is on a, a on a playoff team, on a playoff team, is he is he your best receiver? He could be in that scenario, depending on. But you better okay. have some. You, okay. you you better have a lot of guys that are very close, like him. Like on uh, Baltimore, he is right. Sure. But There's like on that, Arizona, he's not. On the Rams, he arguably like that's kind of the situation you're talking about. You'd have him and Robert Woods, and you know, like he. You know. In, in just a, a, a macro viewpoint, if you are a team that's relying on your offense to be a playoff team, and and he's your number one receiver, you're not a playoff team. I. But if you've got a you know whatever, you got a great offensive line, you got a great defense. Can he be a number one wide receiver on that team? Sure. Quick timeout. Stay with us. You are listening to Stacking the Box.
let's let's wrap up with the Chargers. Uh, the Chargers are trending towards the playoffs in 2021. We mentioned the Corey Lindsley signing, and uh, hey, they so many tough losses for the Chargers last year. I mean, I'm in. I, I love Herbert going into his second year. They're fixing up the offensive line. They kept Michael Davis a corner. Now, I'll say this. They are losing some guys as well. They can't be overlooked. I'm not – we talked about Hunter Henry earlier. I'm not about to make him Shannon Sharp, but he's he's a good player. They might be losing Denzel Perriman. I reported uh, Tuesday morning, the morning of this podcast. There's four teams in the mix for him. He's expected to sign today per source. Um. They, they cut Casey Hayward. They, they're probably going to lose Melvin Ingram. It's a lot. It's a lot. But I'm in because they have Herbert and they have a better offensive line. It's interesting. Like, if, if you were to rate right now going forward, you can have – where does Herbert rate as far as quarterbacks? For You can have them for their career. From Starting from right now. Starting from right now. Uh, I would take Mahomes over him. Right. I take Deshaun Watson, mm-hmm. and I take Josh Allen, and Herbert would be fourth. It's. Uh, it's you want to throw Wilson in there? I'd hear it. I would. I not. I wouldn't. I would. But he. But he's in his thirties. Like if you, because I'm. I'm thinking about that. Is all those guys I just mentioned to me? You've got potential for fifteen years ahead of him. I would take him over Dak. I would take him over Lamar Jackson. I would take him over Burrow. Um, That's an interesting one. Yeah, I I take. Would you take him over Kyler? I would. Yeah, I would. Oh yeah, I would. Yeah. Um, certainly over Wentz at this point. Uh, I'd take him over Tua, no question. Um, Trubisky. I'm just going. I actually was almost going to say that just to get on the. It's screen. interesting. Ah. I I find what's happening with Trubisky very interesting. The Redskins or uh, excuse me, the Washington football team is sure. interested. Um. But I, I, I really – like, I think a lot of Bears fans thought that New England would be interested in him and they'd rather sign Cam Newton. Um, that ain't great. I, but, and I think it's because they, they look at Mitchell Trubisky and they know that he's not very smart. He's just – he's a great guy, works hard, all that. Not a smart quarterback. Look, Doesn't there's some guys well. when you watch them. And I always – whenever I watch quarterback, and God knows I am no guru with this, but when I watch quarterbacks, the one thing I always look for with guys coming into the league – is how fast can they process? Because you can learn a lot of things. When Mahomes, I, Nobody had worse footwork coming into the NFL than Patrick Mahomes. Nobody. You go back and watch his film at Texas Tech. I mean, Patrick Mahomes has no idea what to do with his feet. Zero. But they worked on it. They fixed it. Um, and obviously, he throws so many off-platform balls. Anyway, but, you know, Watson, sometimes he holds the ball a little bit too long. Allen's a guy who will try to make a crazy play, and it'll turn to a turnover. All those things, you can at least kind of coach up. And, so, and some of it, you know, you're going to have to live with a little bit of it. But there are guys when you watch them that the game is just – it's evident immediately it is too fast. It is too fast. They look like they're standing on the freeway. And you can get away with it when your first read's wide open. You can always get away with it then because the ball's out so fast, what the hell, it doesn't matter. But when the first read's covered, then what? And when you watch Mitch Trubisky – if that first read's not there, then nothing. It is, it is over. Like he is just, he's either sacked, throwing a pick, or running. Like it's just, and there's no in between. I, I shouldn't be smiling. I, uh, for those who are 
if I don't even know if we're clipping this part out, I'm guessing we're not, but uh, it's just kind of humorous. Um, but I also, I'm not completely giving up on Mitch. Like I think in the right, cause the bears are so dysfunctional. It's like, there's to me, there's a chance that he goes somewhere and turns into something. I mean, look, I mean, and everybody uses Ryan Tannehill as the exa- most recent example of that. But I mean, the guy came in to John Fox and then Fox was gone. He actually had his best years with John Fox. Amazingly. Uh, if you look at the numbers in, in detail, but anyway, yeah. let's, yeah. let's, let's wrap her on up. Verderam. What's going on in the life of Verderam? Oh, I'm tired. <laughs> I'm, I'm really tired, man. You know, and here's like, I'll, I'll give a little peek behind the curtain for anyone who's still listening. If anybody who's made it through the whole hour of the podcast, we appreciate you. We love you. Please leave a rating and a review. That would help me sleep better at night. Um, so I go, this is why I need to sleep. So a month ago, actually the day after the Super Bowl, I reported from a source that Patrick Peterson, barring a significant change in stances, would be parting ways to the Cardinals and Freyans. Right? The thing gets picked up, goes everywhere. Next day, Peterson comes out and does what he has to do on his podcast and calls it a rumor, a dirty rumor, and it, fine, whatever. Doesn't deny it. Never denies it. But And even says flat out, yeah, we haven't even talked to the Cardinals. It's like, yeah, well, there's a reason. But regardless, then you get to today, and uh, the, the Cardinals ESPN reporter, Josh Weinfuss, does a really nice job. says, hey, you know, Peterson's considering three teams. Cardinals are one of them. I, I can't speak to that report. I have no idea. I have not, I've not been on that. The reason I need to sleep, though, is like I know that the report that I put out a month and a half ago was completely accurate. Like if he signs there, it's because either he's taken far less than he was expecting to get or because the Cardinals were like, well, we struck out on some other options. We'll pay you a lot more money. But in this world, if, if, if he were to sign, no one will ever remember like the nuance of the report. And it'll just be like, oh, we're an idiot. Like, and it just it screamed at nonstop. And it's like, man, I'm just so tired. Like, I just, like, I don't, I don't care what he does because the report was fine. Like, I don't care. You want to sign with the Cardinals? Hey, that's fine. Like, that it worked out. One of you switched, depending on how it works. Obviously, if you sign somewhere else, and the report was nailed down to begin with. But man, the stress of that. Like, there are some people who just don't care if they're right. They don't care. You put a report out. I'm not going to name names. You follow Twitter and you, you follow the league. You know who they are. Like, they don't care. If they're right, whatever. If they're wrong, whatever. I'm not going to use What? I was just saying, why are you crushing on Jason Lock and Fora? That's rude. Go ahead. That's a horrible thing to say. It's a horrible <laughs> thing to say, and I didn't say I it. like Jason Lock and Fora. To me, getting it right is not. Verram, nobody remembers these things. You could sleep well at night. I want you sleeping you know, well. But, but I, I care. And even though I know I'm like, no matter how that shakes, I know the report was 100% accurate, but I know that it won't be remembered as accurate if he signs there and he takes $4 million a year or less than he thought he was going to get, or, or, or vice versa, you know, whatever. The Cardinals end up paying what he wanted because they, they missed out on eight other guys. And so that stuff stresses me out to no end, man. Like, it really, I, I am just ready for free agency to be over. I'm not typically. I'm, I'm able to lock those things down and I, but man, like stuff like that, you just never know. Like free agency is a living, breathing thing. And so I always try to give nuance to the, but people don't read nuance. They don't care. And so I just, man, like that stuff just stresses me out to no end. It does. Even though I know it was correct information. I know it was like, it won't, it it doesn't matter to 99% of people who read it because most of them can't read. 
And so it just, oh, karma gives me stress. I, so, I'm not kidding when I say I sit here and I work the phones all day and I report stuff. And then I literally just chew Tums all day long because it's, it stresses me out. So, I do not so, want to so, be, so let me play your therapist as we, uh, as we wrap up the, uh, the podcast here. You need to look in the mirror and you need to answer, to this face. answer a question. Honestly, is there anything more I could have done in this situation no. to have created more security for myself on my report? And if the answer to that is no, then you got to let the Maddie V Verderame head hit the pillow at night and, and, and feel very comfortable that you did your best Maddie V Verderame job. Now, if there is something that you could have done better, you take that as a learn and you move forward with that with empathy and, 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 and softness to yourself. No, I did all I could. I, it's fun. I actually though, like a few weeks ago, I, you know, in the process of I was reporting, I reached out to our old friend, still my friend, very good friend, Jason Cole, who used to work at Benside. And he of course reported for a long time, worked for Yahoo and the Dolphins as a beat writer. I don't think he'd mind me sharing this. I said, you know, Jason, did it ever, when you reported and you did all that stuff, did it ever just cause you like, like you were like physically sick to your stomach because you just, you know, you knew that your information was good, but you wanted it to come through and you wanted to be. And I expected him honestly to be like, no, you're insane. He was like, yeah, all the time. Of all course. Time. Of course. And I, and I, you know, so it made me feel better. He's like, look, man, he's like, and occasionally, he's like, everything you have is right, and it's lined up, and shit happens. And he's like, that's just the nature of the business. He's like, but does that make you feel any better about it? No, of course not. He's like, you know, and we, yeah, I, man, we had we talked for about an hour. I just, but man, free agency. That's why I'm tired. The mental toll of it. I am just. I if I looked at my phone right now, I bet you I had 500 text messages I've sent out in the last four days. That's great. I love I'm, it. I'm done, man. I'm so worn out. And that's, I mean. That's after weeks and weeks and weeks of calling people and talking to people. And, and then I, I sit down, and then on top of all that bullshit, I sit down and the Knicks get robbed last night, get absolutely robbed. I'm, I'm, I'm uh, on the video streamer. I'm going world smallest violin. You love what you do. Uh, oh, absolutely. I wouldn't trade it, but it, it still makes me eat tums a lot. Yeah, well, okay, that's because you care. It's a beautiful thing. Uh, trying to think if there's anything I want to underline. Ver, a major move in my life right now is that every morning uh, for about, I guess, seven days now, I've been going with the overnight oats. I was inspired by TikTok. I've got 18 followers on TikTok. My goal is to get to 1 million. Sean Daly, who's producing this podcast, is going to help me along with me helping myself, along with Ashley and whoever else at Fansided Hunter uh, as we build this thing to the moon. But the overnight oats, which I'm going to eat right after we're done here, it's, it's carrying me through the day. I'm feeling very healthy. I got my chia seeds. I got my hemp seeds in there. I got my fruit, and, 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 and I feel sustained. So I, it's very easy. You put in a little mason jar, you wake up in the morning, and there's your overnight oats. It's a, it's a beautiful thing. Good, good for you. Good for you. By the way. Yeah. Anything um, breaking? Kind <laughs> of funny thing. Fox four news in your old stomping grounds, Kansas city tweets out Kansas city feds nab $500,000 worth of counterfeit Mahomes jerseys, designer bags, and Botox. What a bizarre headline. 
There's that. There it is. U.S. Customs and Border Protection announced a jaw-dropping haul, and the photo is hilarious. Um, that's right. Mahomes is so popular now that people are mass counterfeiting his jersey. So it's, it's amazing. Take that with you as we say goodbye. Do not fake Mahomes' jersey or steal Botox. Uh, those are those are bad ways to live your life. And by the way, thank you uh, so much for listening to Stacking the Box with you every. Is it already Wednesday? No, it's Tuesday. Yeah, Tuesday. God damn it. Well, we used to do Wednesdays, didn't we? No. It's all no, a blur, man. It's all a blur. Tuesdays. Well, damn it. Just join us next week. Yeah, just just be just just click on the podcast whenever you can. We appreciate it. We'll see you next time. So as you graduate and head out into the world, there's only one thing that you need to know. Hi, this is Jamie from Progressive. Yeah, I can talk now. Progressive protects you 24-7. So tell me what happened. Oh, I'm sorry, Gene. Can you give me one second? Um, brush that for every meal. Congratulations and thank you. Sorry about that. I'm back. So tell me about this fender bender. Contact us 24-7 on the phone, online, or on the mobile app. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Covered subject to policy terms. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger. For the ones who get it done.